0: 4, what's up New Tech, really super excited about today's podcast, uh, on the show today is Mr. Eric Sleepy Floyd, retired NBA basketball professional, North Carolina Hall of Famer and just a wonderful, wonderful human being. This couldn't have come together without my dear friends down in Charlotte, North Carolina. So, really, uh, thanks so much. A, a super shout-out to Lorna and Dougie Corgan. Just, uh, they're the best, and I love them. So, uh, and I hope you love the podcast. Really excited to have on the podcast today, Mr. Eric Sleepy Floyd. How are you doing, Sleepy? I'm doing great, staying safe
1: down here in Charlotte, North Carolina, Uh, working hard and just staying safe and and
0: playing a little golf. Oh, well, that's great. I I think that's one of the only sports we can handle uh, in this post-COVID world, but I see things are opening up slowly, and safety and health is the main, main goal here for everyone, so hopefully we'll get through this together. Yes, definitely. Sleepy, listen, for all our basketball fans up here in Canada, who I can guarantee you are all Raptor fans, can you give us some early history on the sleepy Floyd journey that paved your way to the NBA?
1: Well, I tell you, it was a it was a long journey. A, a very uh the journey was was um supported by many people, parents, coaches, teachers, community uh that attributed to you know my success and finally achieving my goal you know obviously I the uh, listeners don't know I grew up in Gastonia North Carolina uh one of my childhood friends with James Worthy, the Los Angeles Lakers Hall of Famer great and uh basketball was our passion you know as you know my age 60 now can <laughs> yeah. go back when I was growing up there was no internet, social media, podcasts or anything of that nature. Uh so we just lived in the gym twenty four seven. Uh that was our vice and we played Sun Up to Sundown. Um, uh, so you know, played at Hunter Huss High School in Gastonia, North Carolina. Uh was fortunate enough to get a scholarship to uh Georgetown University. Mm-hmm. By- for Hall of Fame and legendary coach, uh, Coach John Thompson, and had an outstanding career at Georgetown, again, supported by great coaching staff, great mentor and Coach Thompson, Uh, been able to get experience and exposure at a a great academic institution like Georgetown University that, that pretty shaped my thinking and philosophy. Moving forward, and I ended up getting drafted. Um, well let me go back. Ended up playing for the National Championship game against the University of North Carolina, and Michael Jordan and James Worthy-led team. After that, was fortunate enough to be drafted into the NBA uh, in the first round by the uh, New Jersey Nets in 1982. And that's kind of a short version of my travels to the... To the nba um uh, but basically learning lessons of uh dedication motivation just being persistent uh, as far as practicing and competing and uh really working on my craft to become a better player and a better teammate um, i attended a lot of basketball camps. so i just i was just consumed with the game and the love of the game that i uh that I had throughout my career. And I think this attributed to, you know, my long success in the NBA. I played with five, five different teams in the NBA, uh, go to State Warriors, New Jersey Nets, San Antonio Spurs, and Houston Rockets and New Jersey Nets again. And uh, so I was blessed. It was definitely a blessing and I was very fortunate to have opportunity to achieve my dream and goals that I had set out, you know, early on.
0: Yeah, that's wonderful. You know, it's, it, it's, it's when you're hearing your story, it's, it's what I hear from all success stories. And, you know, I try to emphasize that in my young son. He's 13 and a sports enthusiast uh, in hockey. He loves basketball. Uh, unfortunately, the season was cut short due to, um, you know, COVID in his public school yeah. and he's now in grade yeah. eight and he made the basketball team and they were, prepared awesome. to- yeah, they were prepared to play a tournament, and everything got shut down, unfortunately, but you know, just the fact that he loves sports and 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 I embed in him all the time is just you repeat it. It's who you surround yourself with, but it's so much work and dedication and hard work uh and anything you do to perfect your passion right and and the key thing is surrounding yourself by you
1: know good people, positive people. That will push you, motivate you, challenge you, and let you know when you're wrong. When you should be going right, taking a left, having someone there to kind of nudge you back on the direction and the path that you should be on. So,
0: yeah, one of the yeah.
1: keys going on when I speak to kids, I really, really emphasize that, Tony. That that kids, you know, if you have someone in your group or your clique or however you wanna categorize it, that you're strong enough to either change your environment if you have to, change your friends if that's would what would it takes, or convince uh, your party or group to think along the lines as you, you know, if you're young, you want to practice all the time and they want to do something else, well, you tell them to go ahead and you'll catch up to them later, but I have to practice, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, basic things like that. So, um,
0: yeah, yeah, time and yeah.
1: skill, and them, you know, just characteristics and uh, that you want to follow. If you want to be successful, whether it's like you say, whether it's sports or business or or whatever it is.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and learning how, you know, to stand back up when you get knocked down. You know,
1: exactly because you're going to get
0: knocked down. For sure. Yeah, we you're going to get. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Right. listen, Sleepy. You you know, you probably have one of the catchiest nicknames in sports, for me anyway. Um, and everyone I speak to that knows you has their own story on how you got your nickname. <laughs> and then right. the internet and then the internet has their own story, right? So yeah, exactly. you know, I have this wonderful opportunity, you know, to hear it from you yourself. How did you get the nickname Sleepy?
1: Well, I tell you what the is funny. I got to actually playing baseball at a very young age when I was growing up. My my father wanted always told me to play multiple sports, you know, don't focus just on one sport. Um so obviously my passion was basketball, so I picked baseball as a secondary sport. <laughs> and I, I really sucked at that, Tony. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't good. I, I knew it from the beginning and and you know, it was just, I didn't like standing up at the plate, having a 95, well, at that age, probably not that fast, but a fast pitch coming out my head, and I'm trying to concentrate and hit the ball. So I wasn't, I don't think my makeup was ready for that kind of sport. But anyway, <laughs> I was playing, we had a 9 9 a.m. game, and and I was playing second base, and the first pitch, was thrown and and you would know it would get hit directly to me. And I happened just to be looking down at the ground, probably thinking about getting to the basketball court while I was out
0: there.
1: (laughs) 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 And um, the ball went right through my leg. So someone in the stands yelled out, hey, get that kid out of the game. He's freaking sleep out there. <laughs> so my little teammates heard that and they never let me live that down. So Uh-oh. um that is how I got the nickname, uh being teased from some fan in the stands calling out get that kid out of the game, and sleep.
0: <laughs> and and it was in base and it was in baseball too. And know. it was in baseball. Yeah, that's an awesome story. And I tell you that, that
1: nickname that nickname has stuck over time and it has, uh, yeah. I I was in the uh, airport in Chicago one time and this guy walks up to me and he said, man, what's your name? And I said, Eric.
0: He said, man, you look just like Sleepy Floyd and just walked (laughs) off and I didn't even stop. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, just doing some research on on, you know, on that name. I mean, it comes up as they have all these rankings for. Best nicknames in 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 sports and particularly within basketball, like yours, comes up really high on the list. You know? Oh, does it? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And you got some famous out there, Magic and. Y-
0: yeah, absolutely. So mm-hmm. you're ranking. You're ranking up there. Good, good, awesome. Oh, Listen, you're you, you, yeah, yeah. No, no, it's <laughs> very good. You know, you're 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 so renowned for some of your records. And um, you know, it's just remarkable. I in, in reading through what you accomplished in that in that one game, you hold the record for the most points in a playoff quarter and playoff half. And you know, in, in reading about it, and you know, you managed to do this against the mighty Lakers. Like you know, I don't have any other description for this. You know, thirty forty years later this record still intact like you had to be possessed on that right. day like you just had i i when i think about your accomplishment I, I almost relate it you know me as i love the game of golf and playing golf out there it's like i've had games where i'm running right. the ball and that hole was huge <laughs> and everything sure. goes in it, it doesn't yeah. matter what you know you're talking to me i hit the ball it, the ball goes in man can you ju- can you just take us back sleepy i mean you you uh, that is just such an an incredible day i mean somehow can you bring us back to that moment and, yeah, and, and and what possessed you you know
1: yes well like you mentioned before they were the the mighty lakers and their roster was stacked with some hall of famers and kareem and magic and james worthy and other great players like byron scott and and michael cooper and at the time you know we were just the little warriors down the road from la you know just trying to establish ourselves as a bona fide playoff team Mm -hmm. and the the round before that we were down 0-2 to the utah jazz john stockton and carl malone uh lead team and we won three in a row just to get in the opp- get op- get the opportunity to play against the Los Angeles Lakers in the second round, so obviously odd odd make- makers and you know you were going to put your money on the Lakers to win that. Mm-hmm. But we were o- overwhelmed in the uh, you know pick the loser series, and not really, not even to take a game really off the Lakers. So they were up two zero on us at the time, and and. And they were a very cocky team, like Magic Johnson talked a lot of trash and Byron Scott and Michael Cooper. Even the guys on the bench who didn't play, they were talking trash. <laughs> you know, like, okay, I'm get Magic and Dream and those guys talking trash. But even the guys, they were so cocky. The guys at the end of the bench thought they were so good, you know, that they yeah. were talking trash. So anyway, you know, we were down. I think about 14 points going into the fourth quarter and I just took it upon myself. I said to myself, well, let me be aggressive to start the fourth quarter to see if I can change the momentum of the game. Because at the time, I mean, you know, I was a point guard and my main role was to distribute, uh, control the flow of the game, make sure some of our bona fide scores like Purvis Short and Chris Mullen and J.B. Carroll, you know, got their touches and and got into the Florida game. But the fourth Mm -hmm. quarter, I just took it upon myself. And, you know, I went to the basket the first time and I scored. And everything was just so instinctive, you know. Mm -hmm. And and I just had in my head, you know, some of the things that Michael Cooper and the group was talking, you know. It's easy to talk trash when you're ahead, you know. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) When, When you're up and you got the kind of team that they had at the time, you know, it's easy yeah. to, you know, put the chest out, so to speak. Yeah. So anyway, I just instinctively started playing, and the guys kept giving the ball to me, and, and I joke about it. I say, when Joe Barry is passing you the ball, you know you must be doing something good. <laughs> he was one of those guys that looked, he was a great scorer, so when he received the ball, chances are you weren't going to get it back. So yeah. um, so even he had recognized that I was on this amazing roll, and, and and it was a definite uh, team effort. Um, but we had always played the Lakers very well throughout the year because they, they played the same style, up-tempo, that we like to play. Yeah. So we had some competitive games with them, you know, throughout the regular season. So we felt that we could beat them. You know, we didn't realize or we didn't, you know, believe the hype or how good they were or they were just amazing teams. We felt that we could actually beat them. So, um, one thing happened another. Like you said, every shot I put up went in. Every move I attempted, I evaded the defense. Um, And when the crowd got behind us and the team, the bench, it was just an amazing afternoon. It was on Mother's Day as well, and I had my. my parents out. And it was just a, it was just one of those. Perfect storm when everything just yeah. came together for us and, and yeah. on and off the court and it was just a great win.
0: Remarkable, remarkable, um, and and I congratulate you on that feat and that is still intact and and I hope you hold on to this record forever, Sleepy. But does it ever pass through your mind? You know, as as you know, you ended your career and and sustained and maintained that record, and the years went by, and and the greats after you. Did you ever think to yourself uh, that it would be a player that had played and was close? Right. Uh, did Did you ever have the mindset of saying, you know what, I I think this kid is going to do it?
1: Well, yes. Oh my gosh, Steph Curry, of course. They've come close many times. Kevin Durant has come close. Klay Thompson with an outstanding player. One of my favorite players in the NBA, the entire NBA is Klay Thompson. And uh, he's come close um, several times in the playoffs. Now, I think he did beat the record, but it was during the regular season. I yeah. He made yeah. It 37 in a quarter, but that was the regular season. Mm-hmm. you think about all the great players that came, you know, since I retired, Allen Iverson and all these amazing, you know, scores. Carmelo Anthony and LeBron James and you know some of the all-time great scores have not eclipsed that that record. So I'm a, I am kind of shocked there. It's mm-hmm. a matter of time before they break it. But
0: um, well, I shouldn't Look, say that
1: because I, I established that in '87 and it's still there. But
0: yeah, sooner or yeah. later they
1: have to break it, right?
0: Well, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know, uh, Sleepy. I mean, it, it just uh, it obviously complements the feat and what you did and, you know, could be etched in history forever. You know, so it's just remarkable what you did. And I congratulate you on that. And and, um, you know, I hope it sticks around forever. <laughs>
1: yeah, every year. I mean, during the playoffs. When someone gets close, I get all these calls from all around the country, and
0: yeah, yeah, uh,
1: you know, say hey, they are yeah. getting close, or what do you think
0: about, you know, the yeah. chances of this guy breaking it? So it keeps me ready, mm-hmm. That's for sure. Yeah, best that's for sure. That's <laughs> wonderful. That's wonderful. Listen, you know, sleepy, the, you know, the world's changed. Uh, you know, obviously, it's 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 the topic worldwide. Um, the world we now live in is is changed dramatically. Uh, you know, and especially for the sports and entertainment world. Um, you know, I, I think I sense that we'll get back to some normal pre COVID ways, you know, but I'm certain that, you know, habits will change forever, you know. Um, right. I under, yeah, I understand the NBA is planning to resume very soon. And, um, you know, I'm a sports fan. Many are sports fans. Uh, you know, what are your thoughts on, 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 what has inspired and how the NBA players are reacting to the possibility of playing in empty arenas moving forward. Right.
1: It's going to be very interesting. Number one is the safety aspect of it. How safe can they keep the players, the staff, the people that's working at the hotels? You know, it's just not the players. It's The coaches, some of the coaches are, you know, a little older, so they're more susceptible to... Uh, maybe uh, contracting the virus. So it's going to be very interesting. I think the NBA will set the template on how to move forward uh, for the other major sports, uh, Mm -hmm. NFL, MLB. They'll be watching closely to see how this is executed down in Orlando. Um, Yes, the world has changed and we have to change with it. We can't be afraid of change. So I think most of the players, and the way I grew up playing basketball, there were no fans in the gym. They were, you know, we would go to the recreation, or when we played pickup, there were literally, you know, people who came to the gym, but it, there wasn't a big crowd there. So I think the competitiveness of the players, particularly because it's really playoff basketball, the intensity level should be at a high. So I don't think we will uh, – you know, suffer, you know, the, the level of play, uh, some of the execution may be off, but the energy level should be there. I would, I would imagine because they're in the playoffs. So, mm-hmm. uh, would I have playing without fans? I don't think it's an issue now marketing, the, the NBA and, the, and the corporations who've invested so much money to get marketing opportunities, uh, being a part in partnership with the NBA that will be affected uh, revenue will be affected not having fans inside the arenas and we'll see how that trickulates down to the players salaries and and so there's all kinds of issues that need to be examined um as we move forward and 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 re-establishing, you know the, the league so it's, yeah. it's going to be interesting
0: yeah yeah and you answered you know pretty well my my next question was uh, you know at uh, the nba ranking and and, and top salaries in, in sports um some of the top salaries in professional sports and and you know the teams are so dependent on gate revenue you know is right. you know what's the future going to be in the way these salaries are split i mean the nba and ownership has has been amazing in in the growth yeah. of the sport and supporting and sharing revenue yeah. but at the end of the day if you eliminate gate revenue, just as you mentioned, Sleepy, uh all of a sudden your marketing gets affected. Yes. Um many, many ways of, of, of revenue get, get affected, right, in this in this new world. Yes, it does. And and one great thing
1: about the NBA, uh maybe above all the other major teams, the relationship ship between the players, as as you mentioned, revenue sharing has always been uh, uh negotiated where both sides win normally so having that great relationship with with the players association and the ownership and the in the and 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 adam that's going to work well for for our league but yes mm-hmm. the, the, the revenue will be affected i'm sure agents out there won't like that because <laughs> <laughs> But I think, you know, if you got the issues of the NBA and the NBA surviving as all the players and, you know, uh, the GMs and the owners want the league yeah. to continue, then they have to work together. And that's going to be compromised financially on both sides uh, to be successful going through
0: mm-hmm. COVID. Yeah. No, so if- I, I- – Mm -hmm. Totally get it. Yeah. It's going to be something. And, 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 um, you know, I also wanted to ask you, and I bring this up because in, in in the love of hockey that most Canadians have up here, I, I, I had the opportunity to meet Bobby Hull, um, you know, know, uh, yeah. An awesome star with the Chicago Blackhawks and, uh, his son, an awesome all-star that, that came, you know, afterwards. And, and in conversations about his history and journey and the old timers, etc uh he'd always have a way of bringing up man my son <laughs> makes more my son makes more money in one year <laughs> right <laughs> you know that i did my whole life <laughs> right you know that did, did i ever start playing at the wrong time right yeah. you know yeah um yeah. You know, so does that ever cross your mind when you look? I mean, I, I just compliment the NBA and the Players Association and the ownership you know, and the owners of the teams. I mean, they're doing it together yeah. and mm-hmm. they're they're sharing. Do you ever look back and say, Man, I you know, I I I wish I started twenty years later or thirty years later. Does that ever enter we always your mind? Say we
1: were born we always say we were born twenty years too soon. <laughs> well, yeah, the players. We talk about that all the time. And we discuss it, and, and I had found this formula on on um, online one time where you could, you know, put your stats in and how would mm-hmm. it uh, relate and compute. Um, you know, in today's time, and my salary was quadruple what I made when I played, <laughs> if I played in this era. <laughs> wow! You know?
0: Yeah, 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 um, for sure, sure. No, but, you we talk about it. And we yeah.
1: discuss it all the time. Trust me.
0: Yeah, yeah, but I think you know when, as I as I tell my son, and and I know that you know, based on your story of of getting into the NBA, that really money isn't really it's the passion of the sport, right? You know? Yes, it is. Yeah, if you don't yeah. have a passion, or if you just plan for
1: monetary gain, and monetary gain is great. But to become an NBA player or just a player where you're trying to make college or make your high school team or whatever it is, on whatever level, whatever sport, you got to have a passion. Yeah. If someone is pushing you and telling you, oh, you need to practice, or they should be telling you to stop practicing, you're practicing too much. Yeah, You know, that's the response that you should be hearing from people. But yeah, sure. passion drives you and it motivates you. And competition, you know, you hear the great players talk about, uh, you listen to Tiger Woods, it's the competition, or Michael, it's the competition, or myself, or the other great mm-hmm. players, or not even great players, just to make it to a certain level.
0: Yeah. It's all about yeah.
1: competition. That's why I don't think the fans will affect the play. You know, uh, mm-hmm. the golf tournament was on today, and I check checked it out for a few minutes. They have no fans, but the golf has not suffered. You know what I mean? That The, the, the yeah. level of golf play has not suffered because of the fans not being
0: there. Yeah, so true on that competition side. And, and you had mentioned, you know, MJ, Michael Jordan. Did you see that Netflix special on The Last Dance with him?
1: Yeah, I watched some of it. I didn't watch all of it, but, you know, it was impressive. And you saw the level of uh, passion, right, yeah. that, yeah. you know, that it takes to be, great in a sport or make the nba or nfl or you know make yeah. the team it takes a lot it takes a
0: That's lot good. of sacrifice you know and mm-hmm. uh and motivation absolutely yeah. i know i know i know Sleepy, you have some connections with uh and our rap the raptor nation here will be happy to hear this uh that you have some you know great raptor alumni connections and but first i wanted to ask you you know what what your thoughts were of the Toronto Raptors run to glory last season and, you know, yeah, really became recognized throughout the NBA as, yeah. you know, the Raptors became the real thing.
1: Right, right. No, they were what, one of my favorite teams last year uh, when Kawhi was there and their run to the championship. But not only just Kawhi, how well coached they were. Mm-hmm. And how, how, um, how do you say, um, they could change styles of play. They could play up-tempo, they could play fast break style, or they could play half court. And that was, that's what made them so difficult. And the addition of Kawhi to an already established team, we're talking about a team that won 50 plus games a prior year. Mm -hmm. Um, and they bought or traded for the perfect superstar you know he didn't try to go out and get extra attention because he came to the Toronto mm-hmm. um he he just came and fit in the players liked him and, and 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 the chemistry that they generated or established in a short period of time was amazing and yeah. it goes back to the kind of people uh that they they have on their team a lot of high character guys um Guys that sacrificing for the team, so yeah, they were one of my favorite teams, and I enjoyed watching them and, and the fans. Oh my God, the Toronto fans were amazing.
0: Yeah, one they're the, crazy. They're one crazy. of the best
1: fan bases in the entire league. And I played out in Golden State, and they have a strong fan base. But I'll put them up there with the Golden State Warriors. I mean,
0: that yeah, was definitely a good. home court advantage when they played. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, and, yeah. And, and you know, and you know sleep even with 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 Kawhi. Leaving as you know, it, it was expected. We thought that we'd keep them here, you know, oh, before yeah. the the season got cut short. Like the Raptors were still contending and 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 making their presence known in the league without Kawhi. Did did this surprise you?
1: No, it didn't because, I, like I say, before Kawhi got there, and they were an established team, they were a playoff contending team. Very well coached, great players. Now, uh, Siakam came on, and I think having Kawhi there where he could see, you know, how a pro plays and and how a leader can lead without being as vocal, you know what I mean? Having to sit there and watch Kawhi play uh, throughout an entire season probably benefited him so much going into this season where he could take the leadership role of the team, obviously Cal Lowry is there, and he's the leader, but Siakam, his style of play, he's a difference maker. And I think you guys have one of the best coaches in the league. Players love him. You know, he treats the players like men, and uh obviously his X and O's are very uh top level. So, yeah, they're one of the top teams, and I wouldn't be surprised if they made the Eastern Conference Finals this year again. I would not be yeah. happy
0: at all. Yeah, that, that's great you're saying that, and, and I think many feel that way. Um, you, you know, sticking with the Raptors, uh, I, I know one of your dear friends and the alumni is the famous Raptor, Muggsy Bogues. He's a huge favorite in, in, in Toronto. Can you give us some insight in, into your connection with uh, with Muggsy and shed some light on his experience and career in Toronto?
1: Oh, yeah. He's, first of all, a great person, great character. I knew Muggsy back in my Georgetown days when, when he was playing that Dunbar high school up in Baltimore, Washington, I mean, Baltimore, Maryland, and he and David Wingate and Reggie Williams, they had one of the top high school teams in the nation, legendary teams. And, uh, we almost thought we had him come into Georgetown before he decided to go to Wake Forest. And, uh, so... His journey has been long, you know. Given his height, he never looked at his height as a negative. Uh, he, look, he looked at it as, you know, as a positive. You know, he was a great defensive player. And man, when you brought the ball up against Muggsy, you better you better be on your game, or he'll be taken right away from you. <laughs> He's just a great team player. The energy that he played with, uh, the fans could relate to him. The kids could relate to him. And uh, he's just a great ambassador of the game, and Toronto was very lucky to have him uh, on a team. And I know, you know, he's a fan favorite up there and and, and really helped generate that fan base for the Torontos over the years, for Toronto yeah. over the years. So, you yeah. know, he's a great guy. He's a great friend. We play golf together sometime and, and uh, he, he's just a good person. Great family and very humble.
0: Uh, that's awesome. With the success of Toronto, um, you know, over the past few years in in Canada, and again, this all relates to you know numbers and, and investments and, and NBA policy. But do you feel? Do you sense that the NBA will look? You know, will will you know will embrace expansion in in the Canadian market to other major cities in the country? Well, that's an
1: interesting question. In this environment, probably not with the revenue changes we're going to be going through, probably over the next two to three years. I I don't see the NBA expanding at this point Mm -hmm. for the next few years. Uh, Obviously, uh, the league is always looking to expand, whether it's global, whether it's overseas somewhere. But I do see expansion coming at some point after we recover, you know, through the COVID and all the effects of that. Yeah. Um, and I can see them expanding to, you know, uh, Canada again with another team. But, you know, given this day and time and, you know, what we're going through and the changes to the game and, you know, we're down in Orlando playing in a bowl at this point. So
0: they're yeah, yeah.
1: Really not thinking about expansion at this point, but
0: long makes term, sense. sure, I can see it happening. It makes sense for sure. Yeah, that's great. You know what, you know, I, I've enjoyed really speaking with you, Sleepy. We're, we're coming right to the end of the show, but what I, I wanted to bring up a point and this again was, was, you know, sort of doing some research, uh, what I could, you know, about you and getting to know you a bit more, um, you know, after your career and, and, and I, and I want you, you know, I love hearing this. I mean, one of your objectives and, and what you love to do is giving back to the community and, and, and you're focusing a lot on children and kids and, and things like that. Um, you know, I, I, I want you to share with our listeners, you know, some of mm-hmm. your giving back stories and, and, uh, what you do. Uh, that's enlightening to me.
1: Right. No, you know, I think we have a responsibility, uh, to reach back and try to impact our kids to have them. Try to uh, you know enhance the opportunity to have a successful life, career, experiences, positive experiences. So I had a company uh, called Job Wazi. We were a pre online website for resume building, and we did a lot more than just res- resume building. Mm. Uh, we, we did job placement for teenagers. Uh, we did some stuff with the military with, with uh, some of their uh, Army staff coming back, transitioning into the, the working world. Um, so yeah, just trying to create an opportunity to teach kids, you know, the importance of integrity, respect, uh, hard work, um, and just giving them an opportunity. I find that if you give a kid direction, opportunity, and... Um, uh, you know, focus, a lot of them will be successful. We just got to, you know, give them an opportunity to go into a program, whatever, whatever that program may be, mm-hmm. and, and just give them an opportunity to excel. You know, yeah. never look down on them based on the economic uh, community that they come from or family that they grew up in. Uh, treat them all the same, and, and, and it's up to us to give them the opportunity to excel. That's one thing I like about, and admire about so many of the NBA players in the league, like LeBron James, who created a school. Uh, so many players giving back, reaching back into their communities, making a difference. You know, a lot of times we hear through the media, you know, they report on the negative aspects of the sport uh, for headlines a lot of times. But a lot of these NFL guys, baseball, they are doing an amazing job in creating opportunities for our youth. And our youth is definitely the, they're going to change the future. They're going to make it better for everybody. And um, so, yeah, my, my my word to everyone is reach back, try to help someone, create a program, mentor someone. Uh, if you see a kid, you know, you don't have to be part of an organization to help one kid out. Uh, you can just reach back and try to help them out, whether it's financially or opportunity-wise, or advice, then that's what you want
0: to do. Beautiful words, Sleepy, and uh, what a way to end the podcast. Just an honor to have you on today, and uh, it's been a real blast speaking with you. And I hope that, you know, the borders open up a bit, and I'll make the journey down and bring my clubs down to go see Yeah, let's do it. I look
1: forward yeah. to it. and I we'll
0: get on the track. Yeah, we, we got
1: to deal- mutual your dear friends here and uh,
0: Yeah, that'd be awesome. As, as long back. as we can as long as we can use Canadian dollars as a as the <laughs> tool. <eventual>. That's right. <laughs> That's for sure. That's I'll for take sure. You, I'll thanks take it for I
1: appreciate it.
0: Yeah. I'd love
1: to come back on.
0: Oh, thanks so much, please. you Have a good one uh, over now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.